There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, once again to Oh, a Sopranos podcast. Oh. Um, as, as always, my name is Joe Spellman, and this is David Feudernick. And this is Paul Gullius. And we're talking episode, season two, episode 13, Fun House. Nailed it. Yeah. Proud yeah, you, I got it. I got wow. it right this time. <laughs> so and, proud you remembered the episode we're covering on our <laughs> Sopranos podcast. Hey, you know, it's a 50-50 shot, whether I do or not. That's true. Um, our illustrious guest today is none other than Sean Clements. Oh, go Woo. on. Get out of here, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh. So happy to be a part of it. So this is so you guys have been doing this for a year, and you're on like the 26th episode? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. a, clearly, we're right on top of it. <laughs> I love that, that you're taking your time. I hate when people rush through these recaps and they're doing an episode every week. Why? Like, you know, the show took a break between seasons. Yeah. It took, we, took several exactly. years sometimes. Yeah. We can't blow our load because this is all we have. So we're, we're hoping. <laughs> we got to really savor it. Right. We're hoping too, people like, you know, they'll, they'll like come in on like season three, which we're going to be starting next week. And then, uh, you know, they'll go back and listen to the other podcasts, just like a lot of people have watched The Sopranos. You know? right. right, yeah. Now now is the perfect time to go back and listen to every episode of Oh, A Sopranos podcast. <laughs> yeah, we had Gabriel, we had DC, mm-hmm. we had uh, Trilly Honig. We had uh, CNN, Joe's you know? Neighbor. We've had yes. many illustrious guests. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, you got Joe's Neighbor on there? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize I was in such prestigious company. I mean... <laughs> Uh, you're following. Uh, you're following his episodes, so don't fuck Big it shoes. up. We had oh, Devil right. Morgan, you know, oh, he's yeah. always a the, the worst episode we've had. <laughs> no, I used to watch Sopranos at Devlin's house every week. Right. Sopranturage night he every Sunday. Right. Was there he anybody talked- else there that we could get on the podcast? Or shit. Well, Rogers was there. Yeah. Oh yeah. We could get, get him. We could get. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of other people. Cool. Yeah, Sean, do you have any other people we could have on the podcast like uh, instead of you? Or? Oh, I'll just forward you my whole like contact list from my phone. 
<laughs> That's so helpful, man. Thanks. Perfect. There's some big ones in there. Some good stuff. Cool. People I don't actually communicate with, but I have their number. <laughs> and we get something good Just going. text them right now. Just say, hey. There's hey, you a want to come on the Sopranos you should be podcast on. right yeah. now? Adam send Scott, them the Zoom. Like Adam send Scott them would be Zoom. great for you guys. Oh, yeah. Shit. Perfect. Dude, yeah. See what see what he's up to. Send him the Zoom link. Um there there I feel like there's a couple questions that are linked to Sopranos that or you have a you've maybe worked with somebody who's on it. I don't know if we want to get into it yet, but um uh what are we gonna what are we gonna start with? What do you mean you just, <laughs> you wanna get into that? Right, so oh, I worked didn't, with- you, didn't you didn't you work with Tony Sirico? I worked, yes, I worked with oh, Polly Walnuts and I actually went down to set. I hung out with him for like a lot of that day. I was the writer on set. He sat next to me. I have a funny picture from set of like, I'm like all smiles and I'm taking a photo with him and he's got like the nastiest look on his face. <laughs> he's just like, oh, this fucking kid wants a picture of me. But his manager was a real character and told me stories about him. Like, I mean, you guys may have gone over his origin, but it sounded like he was like in league with a bunch of real gangsters. Yeah, he, he did time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yep. he was hanging out at some whatever, like a deli or a shop that they all came in and out of. And he was like a little bit like Goodfellas style kind of errand boy for them and then got in the mix and then, yeah, ended up going away and was like the character in the group. Like he was kind of like the class clown of the fucking mobsters he knew. (laughs) And so somehow got connected to this manager. The manager also had some crazy stories about his other rep was some actor who had been dating Julia Roberts. He was like Julia Roberts' boyfriend. But then Julia, he claims like that Kiefer Sutherland like got her hooked on drugs so that she would date him instead. Like he had a really wild story. It was an interesting day on set watching Polly Walnuts not remember lines. <laughs> yeah. In the way that you would yeah. expect a professional actor to. <laughs> he would just be like, what is it? Ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You'd get like one yeah. sentence at a time out of him. That's but he's got the look. Not what not what you expect from the Juilliard trained Tony Sirico. That's true. <laughs> what yeah. show was that? That was on the Grinder, um, okay. and so the Grinder had like a show within the show. Uh, Rob Lowe's character used to be on a mm-hmm. like hour long drama called The Grinder, and it was like something where he was the lawyer from the for Tony Sirico, who was like wrongfully imprisoned or something. They had this like through the you know uh glass like phone uh prison visit scene that was really intense um very nice yeah awesome cool Wally Walnuts. i mean and there's i feel i i I, there's another story that i i remember um about you had you had an audition with uh, a character uh, who's on oh, the Oh, this guy is this. Uh, so <laughs> it's a funny story. So I went in for a commercial audition in New York, and I'll do it just because I do like to do his voice. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, at the beginning commercial audition that you, that you slate your name. So you'd be like, hey, I'm Sean Clements. I'm 6'1 or whatever. And then they go. So they were like, there was like three of us in the room. And it was like, hey, I'm I'm Rick Stansley, and I, I'm Sean Clements. And then it came time for this guy's <laughs> name. He really wound up and went, Lou Martini Jr. 
and like <laughs> just put so much into it and i was like fuck lou martini jr like what a name <laughs> and i had to look him up as soon as i got home and turns out oh, he's yeah. like a sopranos yeah oh, he, he played fought, um yeah. he fought he followed that he followed that by going i'm i'm terrible at this <laughs> yeah he played he uh, put- johnny Sachs' uh, brother-in-law yes right yes brother lens crafters yeah. guy the coffee yeah. coffee yeah. with the chicory coffee with the fucking yeah. chicory yeah yeah that's great yeah uh very that, nice that was a long time ago that's uh, that story always makes me laugh <laughs> um cool cool let's uh let's get let's into stop. the app discussion we're doing yeah. uh the season finale we finally reached it of season two uh originally aired april 9th 2000 over 20 mm. years ago Holy you fuck. let me ask you real quick uh sean and joe you guys were class of 2000 correct Yes, we, we went to high school together, and we were the class of 2000. And this episode ends with the graduating class of 2000. Did that, oh, shit. Uh, oh, shit. Did that really s- strike home for you? That stirred up some memories that I thought I put away a long time ago, David. <laughs> You're reminded whenever you see my face of those memories. Wait, did you guys watch a 20-year reunion for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> probably oh, shit. there yeah. there was there was a if you're not familiar with the facebook page sean <laughs> oh there was there was a 20 year reunion yeah yeah it's the topic of conversation in my whatsapp thread with the guys uh from cheshire oh, i got it can you send me like screenshots or anything because i deleted my facebook yeah i'll send it to you smart they rescheduled it obviously <laughs> thank god some people pushing for it where there's some people being like no 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 it wasn't it's not it's not even that great really but it was it was like months ago there was a lot of discussion on what the venue was going to be and how much uh, people were going to charge or whatever i'm in the group but i didn't really i just you know watched well, what, the conversation. our Kenya reunion got like scrapped at the last minute right like they couldn't yeah. get it together. got scrapped too <laughs> damn yeah not yeah, for COVID or anything. It was just literally like not enough people RSVP'd. And so that like there was like a dozen people went to the Vic house or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. people aren't showing up for the 10 year, I don't think that bodes well for the 20 year. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this, this is uh, the infamous Funhouse episode where Tony spends most of the episode in and out of like fever dreams. Sean, when was the last time you watched this episode? Or did you watch it before the app tonight or what? Um, yeah, I watched it. I, I mean, I watched it right before I watched it two days ago, but I, it was funny cause I, I watched this show when it aired. Like I remember we, we had HBO mm-hmm. flex and, uh, my parents were usually up on like what the new show is. And we're like, we're watching the Sopranos. So I did watch these two seasons when they aired, but I was in high school. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I was whatever, 17. So I did. I didn't have really vivid memories of it. It was I, even going through the. I haven't rewatched the show. I always say like I gotta rewatch the whole thing, but I I haven't really taken the time to do it. But looking through some episodes, stick out so much, right. and I totally remember them. And this was one of them. Like the fish talking to him, and like all like there's a bunch of stuff that I was like I remember watching this. Yeah. Like this one. Uh, and then there's whole episodes where I read the description. I'm like I don't even know. Like I. <laughs> Because there are like sort of treading water, like it's a show that takes its time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But this yeah. was a big one, obviously. It's a season finale. Yep. He like has to kill one of his best friends. Yeah. And um, it's uh, and it's one of the famous dream episodes too, which in my memory they didn't start doing until later. Like right. 
I always thought like, oh yeah, around season four, like they started doing all these dream episodes mm. with like Annette Bening or whatever. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, oh yeah. no, I guess it was always about, you know, this guy's subconscious and stuff. And uh, I just didn't, I, I created that narrative. Like they were pretty in on it right away. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple dreams in the first season, but this is really the first instance of them using it. And like also dream like to, to, to like push plot forward right like right, it's, it's right, not right. just a glimpse into into tony's psyche it ends up manifesting in in like a big plot point in the the death of pussy but yeah the, i mean that's the thing like the dream sequences have split the fan base you got your people who just want to see people fucking whacked and then you have the people who appreciate the sort of like the psychology aspect of it i'm pretty sure everybody on the podcast here kind of falls into that group <laughs> No, yeah, I definitely like that. Yeah, I like I like the dream sequences, but when people get whacked in them. Yeah, yeah. Oh that's shit, that's the only time you're all that about that. Only time. That's a new category. <laughs> yeah, I'm dude. I'm twisted. Yo, you sick? Fuck. Yeah, you're real sick. <laughs> this is um, no. This is like I mean, this is um, this has everything. Like this is like one of the episodes that balances like all the things that th- like people love about it. Right. Uh, the dream sequences. You, your killings, your sex, your like Tony smoking a cigar, you know, all the hits, all the <laughs> checks, all the boxes. Yeah. That's, that's definitely like a just box. funny shit that I mean, the scene with him and Artie talking, like where <laughs> Artie's like insisting that he didn't get food poisoning from his restaurant is so like funny. so good. One of the funniest. I was just like, God, yeah, they did. I mean, they really, John did, Milia uh, just kills comedy it. Kills yeah, when he's, ta- when he's talking to, when he's talking to pussy and like he's just like, oh, so yeah. it was like obviously not the shellfish, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's like, he's like, you get anything? And then he hears him say a little diary. And he turns and makes a face. He's like, there's nothing. No, there's no. nothing. A little, a touch, a touch. So good. Um, but actually, yeah, that's that's actually probably the biggest question of this episode. What fucking gave Tony? Did is it determined? Do you think? Within the context of the episode, do they ever? Isn't it implied? Really? They they really kind of spell it out for you when you like rewatch it a bunch of times with the fish. It's like fish, fish, fish. We see the fish like being like, like the close up of the fish, like uh, like moving through the restaurant, and then you see the fish is on the table. Like, yeah, but that see, they're eating but, at. But like, then I, isn't that isn't it like? I feel like it, more so this time, I, like rewatching it. it it felt a little more heavy-handed that it's like, it, it's the fish it's the that's fish. making it. See, I, I got the opposite. Because I got the she, opposite, because, too. Yeah, because because if Pussy did have a touch of diarrhea and they both shared the muscles, then that seems to me like that was the culprit. They didn't share plates. at, at uh, they, sh- they shared the papa. Also, I, I guess you could also argue, like, maybe Puss had a couple muscles and Tony finished the muscles. <laughs> right, right. Um. I mean, maybe one muscle was bad and like, you know, he just got that one bad muscle. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. you know, this, I, this is, this is, this I is thought like, it, it sounds like it's the, nah, you guys are just, I mean, you guys are just trying to be too PC and not get canceled. No, no, no. Or not the blame the Indian is, restaurant. I, mean, is, I see what's the happening. Other, this is the other fan theory. It's that it's, he doesn't have food poisoning. It's just that right. the stress of the realization of what he has to do and, and pussy's betrayal is manifesting in these physical uh, symptoms for him, which I mean is not unprecedented with Tony. You know, he, his anxiety and depression manifest in panic attacks all the time. So I don't know right. if I buy that, but that's like the other 
We we can all agree it wasn't the zucchini flowers. <laughs> not the zucchini. Those, look, those were looking pretty those good. Those looked though. fantastic. Those um, look really good. Yeah, I wanted to eat those. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, one thing, the episode opened with, I, I'm pretty sure, was the first Sorry time. Sorry to interrupt, Paul. I also wanted to eat the zucchini flowers. <laughs> Thank you. Good, yes. good. I, I just felt like curious. listeners kind of hung out to dry there. I'll check in with you more in. often, on, no, especially Sean, on the, but, the food discussions. Did you text Adam Scott yet, or <laughs> uh, he he doesn't want to hear from me? I don't think he likes me very much, but I do have his number on my phone. Was my point? Great, um, great. So I was. See if he wants saying, I could flowers. give you that. All right. If yeah. it strikes you, if the feeling strikes you, please. We'll 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 take his number and then just call him while we're doing a, a <laughs> podcast when we don't have a guest and we need one like immediately. That yeah. could that could be interesting. Perfect. You know, it could be. Um, uh, he was on an HBO show, the one with the dick, where the Dicks that they jerk off. With. Oh, he's bounding down. Yep. I'm seeing that. No, 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 no. no. It's uh, it was called like Real Love or something like that. Oh, and there was, like, I remember of, like, that. That was an old one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, so he's got to have some stories. Well, he's probably <laughs> in you know walking by Jim getting off the, oh, yeah. the hallway, and going, "Hey, I'm gonna go have a pump, like do a false ejaculate from this like." <laughs> prop dick they gave me and then they go hey same same here oh well, there he goes it's real true. love oh there he goes the real love guy <laughs> um uh, oh yeah opening, yeah, opening scene was this, was, was this the first time that that tony and livia had a scene together this season after like the clash at the end of season one no, no remember she, she laughs at the him. last episode she remember, comes like yeah, she he trips yes. the when the gun falls out. Oh yes, that's right. That was the first time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. But so now they're they're meeting with her. But this because, was the last time. Because yes, so so because Janice obviously skipped town after she shot Richie, and now Livia right. has nowhere to go, and so Barbara calls to like arrange Livia's living situation, and that's when Tony gets fed up and gives her like the airline tickets, which like every time I see that, I'm like so. Because that was supposed to be the big plot for season three was Livia testifying right. against her son uh, in the in the stolen airline tickets case. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, but that Indian, didn't happen. No, it, no, it didn't. And then we ended up with a Jackie Jr. storyline, like prevalent season. But uh, but yeah, going to I'm going on the list here. Did, did you guys read uh, the book Difficult Men? No, no. What's that? It's really good. Um, so it, it's, uh, I want to get the author's name. It's Brett something. Uh, but anyway, he basically does this dissection of like prestige TV, mostly starting with The Sopranos and like from inside the writer's room. So he gives you this whole like biography of David Chase and like his career up to that point And like, you know, how he wrote sort of the weirdest, most like esoteric episode of Rockford Files and then he took over Northern Exposure and he fucking hated it and then like and all these and that all these other writers who work with him remembered these like insane stories he would tell about his mother and how overbearing his real life mother was and how fucked up their relationship was and that's really the seed of like the soprano like that's like the core of what it right. was but and they talk about his process and and a lot of the other writers in the room and some of them were like real mobster guys like renzuli or whoever like <laughs> that yeah, we also like how they would get you know um 
some of them got fired or got mad or who he picked as favorites and the, and the way it operated and, and what different people contributed. But it's it's worth a read because it's just a great book because they do also um, this is the one, Deadwood, um, Six Feet Under, Mad Men. Breaking Bad. Uh, yep, they do Breaking Bad. And so it's like, it's, it's very, very good. And, and to hear that it, almost all of the, it's kind of like how the whole era was like always focused on a central uh, male protagonist who was like a fucking asshole mm. in some way. Mm. And that most of the show creators also were. <laughs> yeah, Although yeah, I true. guess like Vince Gilligan rules and then um, Six Feet Under is like everybody's favorite job they ever had. Like Alan Ball is just supposed to be a dream. Oh, but wow. like, for the most part, it's like David Milch and and all all these other people. Like it's it sounds like they're so fucked up, and it like is how they create these characters in such a specific way. But um, uh, it's sort of how like these guys defined the era with these characters who defined the era. Right. It's good. Hmm. Nice, nice. Difficult. That, that sounds that's, that's yeah, yeah, Gully. Yeah, Gully. That sounds alley. like right up your alley. I'll pick that up. Uh, thanks for the tip. Um, so why do you guys think that like, so why do you think that Tony is just now in this episode and in sort of like at Vesuvio's, I don't know if you caught, he's giving pussy like this, this kind of like look as puss is like describing what, how the, uh, the whole calling card thing, a scam goes down. What, what is it about like right now, this moment in the plot that, that elicits this, uh, these fever dreams and Tony's realization? What do you think? I, I got the impression that like, maybe they wouldn't just always just bust into like an intricate description of the hustle they were doing. Like he right. like maybe like with all these fucking people around, like pussy normally would just be like, Oh, I'll tell you later. It's, it's beautiful, you know, or something right, like right. he goes down each like point of like how the hustle works. Right. And Tony, and I, you know, Right. Yeah, he's yeah, so he's he, being he, really descriptive of like they and yeah, they generally just don't do that. Which they we later find out like it. makes sense because he was recording himself. So like, right? Was he wired yeah. that night at the restaurant? Yeah, probably. Then he sees, Seems like he's wired. Afterwards. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. overtakes to yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think I think Tony's sort of known since the end of season one. Um, like even in the season opener this season when they're like grilling, he ha- there's that like weird like slow mo moment where he like looks up at Puss and it's. Right, right. And like the sound cuts out, and and so he's kind of like they kind of planted it early on in the season that Tony yeah. already knows, and he and he has known, and it's just it's like he's just it's like when he it, sees right? Feech like not laughing at his joke, you know, when they right, like pan yeah, across right. everybody and like Polly and like uh, Sill are like losing their minds at the joke, and like Feech is like rubbing his hands like pissed off, like it's the same thing. It's like he it's like how we always know he's decided like somebody needs to disappear in some yeah. way or another. Yeah. Did you guys have a uh, a favorite like dream moment? There's like so many good visuals, so much good stuff. Yeah, they're in Asbury Park, which I've been to a bunch of times. Like that used to be where my where my uh, my parents lived. Uh, so like, I do like that nice place. That's, like, that's that sequence is beautifully shot, like with the yeah. snow coming down and like um, it's really and like with the reveal that it's like <clears throat> Philly instead of Patsy and all that. Like that's yeah. very very well well shot yeah, that's, that's asbury park and that's a nice boardwalk and there's like an arcade in the back uh like an old arcade that building in the background you see this i think it's in the wrestler too it's like yeah. i don't know used a lot i think i think that's the first I time i just we like see, that uh, i just really like that 
Oh and yeah. The beach nice. and I like the beach. Landscape. I went to the beach yesterday. Oh for real? Oh yeah. Do you tell us more about that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How's beach day? Wow. <laughs> this is pretty fun. You ever been to Leo Carrillo Beach in uh 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 Malibu? You could sure. take your dog there. It's pretty great. <laughs> oh shit. Did you was there like the like the ocean was there and it was freezing. Sand. It was like sixty degrees. Oh, Whoa. That's nice actually. Um that's called yeah <laughs> great i'm gonna cut all this out cool <laughs> uh no but in that in that sequence that's the first time we see patsy parisi after his twin brother was killed off in the season opener and it's such a weird sort of like confusing thing where they intro a character who's going to be around till the end of the series now in tony's dream as the twin brother of the guy who tony shot 13 episodes ago odd choice david chase but that's dreams yeah. man they don't make sense well, I was actually I was reading in the Soprano sessions that he that the reason they did that was after Dan Grimaldi, the guy who plays uh, Patsy in Philly, got killed off in in episode one. Chase was like, "This guy's too good. We got to bring him back." He's like, "You only get one twin brother excuse per TV series, and we're using it on Dan Grimaldi." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, what an honor. I mean, he's great. Uh, oh, he's yeah. great. Yeah. This was also. Guess... Oh, go ahead. No, I just you asked what our favorite dream sequence thing was yeah i guess in watching it watching again they actually did trick me when then it cuts to him in the therapist's office and he's going like i had this fucking super crazy dream and you're like oh, okay now we're out of it and then that becomes a dream as well yeah, i was yeah, like yeah. this is good. this this got me yeah. yeah yeah you hate to admit it because that that device is so often used where it's like oh like you know of course <laughs> of course they're gonna do it. Right. right yeah but they did it well and then because they play it yeah. so straight they have him they show him like waking up like karm like wakes him up and then he you know goes in and then you don't know until the camera goes back on melfi and it's uh what's her name annalisa the the mob annalisa. boss from from mm -hmm. italy they've done back. that they've done that before then they do that like in um uh, I don't know a dream sequence in season one. I'm trying to remember, but I feel like they've done it a bunch of times. Yeah, that they, sort of thing they where, had, they, where um, they cut to something and then you're like, "Oh, we're still in the dream." Oh, yeah, I don't remember, but they definitely had like Mel, like he spun Melfi's chair around and it was like his mother in a wig. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah, was in yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then like, uh, what time is it? Like that whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, musical sequence. Joey, do you have a favorite? Hmm? Do you have a favorite dream moment? I said the beach. Oh, okay, just the yeah, beach. That's Ray Park. Yeah. That's Ray Park. I just, yeah. I just, yeah, I just like the scene. Like Dave said, it's beautifully shot, and it's sure. like I, I don't know. I just like nostalgic for that. Uh, and then the I do love off. like uh, they like go to the shot of like Polly and Sill, and then like it cuts back, and like we see like the reverse shot is uh, Gigi um, shining uh, Philly's shoes. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because he killed him. Because he fucking <laughs> he shot him. him, right? Because he sh he's shining his shoes now, but he yeah. killed him. Yeah. The one the one thing that was weird was like that one where like I think it's a dream where he comes in, he's like, "Well, I might as well tell you, I bought a boat today." And Carmel and uh, Meadows like, "And I'm going to Colombia." That that's that's a dream, right? I think so because he wakes yeah, up yeah. and he's in the car. Yes. But it's yes. like yeah. so yeah. grounded compared to everything else. And then also, Meadow, like Meadow, actually does end up going to Colombia. So is he just yeah. like remembering this already happening, or like I don't know? Always, or is he predicting it? Or he yeah yeah kind of kind of confused me. But um, 
Well, it must have been one of her choices that, like, uh, she wanted to go to school to, you know, like that she had talked about. Right. Yeah, they, like, Maybe. mentioned it before. Yeah. Right. I love uh, Silvio giving his classic, uh, our true enemy has yet to reveal himself. Godfather line. And I think he's actually wearing, like, Michael Corleone, like, wardrobe in that. Am I wrong? Okay. I don't know. Interesting. I, know. I didn't notice it. You think um, or you know? I don't know. It looked like it wasn't normal Silvio clothes. Right. Eh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I look normal <laughs> to me, dude. We, we, we don't know. We look normal know. Italian uh, wise guy clothes, dude. No, it definitely was not. Hey, it was hey, like a sweater, hey. like a button up, like sweater vest type thing. Hey. He had like glasses on like a like string. Oh, actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it, actually, that's it's a good point. Uh, also, Tony, like, looking through the, like, what's it called? Viewfinder thing into, like, the train station and shooting Paulie. Yeah. And then fun. he's, like, in the dream sequence, he's, like, talking to Melfi. And he's, like, you know, the guy annoys me. He he writes up letters every Christmas about who accomplished what. That does not yeah. sound like Paulie to me. He's always humming to himself. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like commercial. That, that sounds, sounds like, like yeah. I mean, yeah. but then, like, you know, like, uh, seasons down the line, like, we get remember when, when, like, that kind of comes, you know, that kind of peaks and like, he's very close to, or what feels like he's very close to actually killing him. Right. Oh, it's yeah. boiled up. That's true. Um, so he clearly has issues like with like how annoying he is despite his loyalty to him. Right. Yeah. You, him and Paulie always have issues. Yeah. That's a great character and it's a good, it's a cool like other piece of his subconscious that's happening in his dream. Like it's like <laughs> there's the stuff where like his, the big pussy realization and all this other shit that it's just like also this guy who I have to hang out with all the time is driving me fucking crazy and I can't snap on him. But like <laughs> I need to get it out somehow and he's just like offloading that right from his psyche it's it's just a great little extra thing of like oh and this dude's driving me nuts and yeah. paulie's perfectly cast as like you believe that he would be like a good worker like a good earner and a good employee and a very loyal guy who you would like you know totally trust with your stuff who would also be like this fucking dude yeah yeah <laughs> like, well because it's shut like because it's like his dad's friend it's like you right. have to always hang out with your dad's friend all the time right. like yeah. Oh, he's, he's, always, he's always listening. He's always humming fucking Paul Anka. <laughs> fucking guy. He'd definitely um, be coming up with like a lot of like theories on why you shouldn't be wearing a mask or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd be bringing him up all the time. Um, and then, so we get to the infamous uh, boat scene. Like, is there a more heart wrenching moment in, in the show? I mean, maybe when Adriana, kills but i can't think of anything that that comes close to that for me uh, bl- for for me blue comet's still like when when bobby gets killed is still uh yeah the har- hardest for me to watch um just because like he's not killed but i mean i guess what makes this most heartbreaking is that it's tony and the guys that do it right and not right. some hitmen I uh yeah i mean i like it because i think it, i think it's well acted i think it's pretty yes. um well well paced like a guy who you know we don't isn't like a, a guy who acts like a ton of a lot Vinny Pastor, right? Um, uh, but uh, yeah, and I also like it. I think it's like 
I think I probably watched this episode first <laughs> out of all of them. And then wait, like, this is the first episode you ever saw? Probably because I started watching them on like a VHS in college. Yeah. And then I know for a fact I started like season three live, but I like think someone showed me this and then I rewatched everything from there. Um, so I guess I like this episode because I, I, I or, or maybe it's just the one I remember like watching <laughs> on VHS. Uh, it's definitely, a, it's a huge turning point in the show that everyone yeah, references yeah, right. when they killed Big Pussy right. was like, it's sort of like, it's just an enormous move that it almost feels like they had planned to build up to from the beginning right. of like, well, we know like, you know, like they're writing the pilot going like, oh, we know the end of season two is we're going to kill one of his best friends right. for being a rat. Like, yeah, yeah. and so it's, you know, it, it's, it's so well like laid in there. And that, that scene on the boat when he starts like frantically taking tequila shots, <laughs> he like breaks the tension and like gets Tony to laugh yep. and it's like, we're still friends, yeah, you know? Right. Then he's fucking pouring them so fast. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it, it's so, yeah. it feels really real and uh, good. It's very yeah. well acted. Yeah. There's a huge, there's so much tension to it, Yeah. but it also is kind of like fun and funny right. and it's, that's the Sopranos uh, yeah. at its best, yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, I mean, the, the the line, like, um, puss, did she even ever exist? Like, that's always, that's... Yeah, that's a fine that's point. When, right? And that's when you know, like, it's happening. It's going right. to happen now. Right. Yeah, they didn't take him out on a boat to return with him, so... Not right. in the face? Can Not you do that? Yeah. Hey, they, they, do, they do give him that. Yeah, and then they throw him in the ocean. True. True. Yeah, and it didn't even matter because he gets thrown in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna be a yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what what did he think they were gonna do? They were gonna like bring him back to like his wife and be like, oh, he <laughs> got shot on the way. <laughs> got shot a bunch. He fell yeah, I on think, bullets. I, I think I, I was okay. So he had he had the Papa Doms. He had the Vindaloo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Artie's trying I, to absolve himself, and then Artie <laughs> shot him. I don't know. I um, I have I uh, my friend Ryan Hemphill knows uh, Vinny Pastor. Oh, of yeah. course he does. You know Ryan, Dave. I think I think I think Clemens. You you've met him before too. I've certainly met Ryan Hemphill. <laughs> he, he's he's and, a he, he's a. Scumbag, we should have him on the podcast. He's a great Please tell should. me he knows anyone, and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hung out with Vinny Pestor a bunch he has. Anyway, I just you know, want to let everyone know that. <laughs> that your friend knows <laughs> Vinny Pestor. Yeah, listeners. Uh, uh, this guy you don't know that hangs my, out with Vinny Pestor. That my really interesting friend that Sean and uh, uh, Dave have met know. <laughs> that he's hung out with. I, I talked cool, cool, cool. talk to him for a very long time <clears throat> at the strip club at your bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always misremember that that like pussy getting killed isn't the very end of this episode because there's like a lot of shit right. that happens afterwards. Like Livia getting picked up at the airport by like the feds. Tony gets uh, yeah. arrested. Tony get, getting arrested in front of Meadow, which is like just like you got to feel so embarrassed for her like that yeah, how yeah, traumatizing yeah. they're the worst parents he threat he threatens to not send any more deli trays to the fbi that was fun. <laughs> yeah. that's Huge uncalled platform. for yeah. uncalled for um i love how like 
stolen airline tickets they're like yeah i know it's not a big deal it's 23 stolen that's like half a plane of stolen airplane of airline (laughs) tickets also it's just so bizarre to me that they're actual just like physical things that you could pass off to people like that for whatever but right um, you know who kind of gets like a little bit of a happy ending is davy scatino am i reading that wrong like yes his life is ruined but he's like Uh, he like fucked his son over so bad like uh sure yeah Yeah. but there's something like a little bit like he can't can't get coffee out of the coffee maker i mean yeah i thought that was a nice touch (laughs) of course uh i do think i did think it was a nice touch that he's like uh, you know, Vegas is, uh, you know, a, a short plane ride. Like, you should come out, like, to Vegas. And, like, eventually Tony does do that, like, when he has to clear his head in the yeah. later episode. Yeah, but it just seemed to me that they were playing it. Like, he's got a he's got a glint of, like, hope in his eyes that he didn't have uh, four episodes ago or whatever. Right. But not a lot of people get out of Jersey in this show. So. That's true. I, in a way, I think it's kind of, it could have been worse. Yeah. And then, and Joey, I know you love the the end montage with uh, the through, through and through playing. Oh uh, yeah, it's my favorite song in the show. I other than great. other than our uh, our theme song as well, of course, of course. But um, only but, yeah. yeah, only stones or stones adjacent uh, songs allowed on this. Only pod. stones or faces, dude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's how we rock. You know it. And if you don't like it, you can get out. We've talking about. All right, I'm gonna sign off here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fair. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, I like I, I so closely associate the song with like the ending montage. Like it's yeah. such a, a one of the more vivid uses of music. And I love we're just like, we're just like ducking in on all the little like shitty things that the mob has running, like the adult films and all the money makers, the motel, the guys like yeah. What out, was like, was that was that just a reference to the motel? Like I didn't yeah. know if that was a reference yeah. to anything specific, like the guy with the cigarette just passing out there. No, well, I think it's just to show that the that it's like gone like down the down the drain that whole right, business, right, like the right. type of clientele that well, let in there. and like the dichotomy of like these like shady shitty businesses and the suburban like nice graduation party like nice graduation party yeah. yeah that's all the shit that's paid for this graduation party everyone taking pictures sills smoking yeah. cigarettes in the house yeah everybody's <laughs> smoking in the house so much <laughs> yeah oh yeah and like post his house too it's just fucking disgusting yeah <laughs> tony's smoking a cigar in the indian restaurant like, oh yeah yeah oh jesus 2000 <laughs> A different time, guys. Different yes, time. indeed. Why people thought Y2K was coming, you know? I mean, you had to smoke them while you got them, you know? Right. We thought the whole fucking grid was going down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I think it is. It is interesting. Like the calling card scheme and all that stuff is like what the mob, like what crime they're actually involved in, and like how like shitty and petty so much of it is. Right. It's just these little quick cash schemes, but there's just a bunch of them operating. Oh yeah. I used to do this um, uh, improv show where we would interview somebody about the worst job they've ever had. And and one of the jobs, I can't remember exactly what they did, but I remember that they weren't like an FBI agent, but somehow they had like listened to a bunch of like uh, mafia wiretaps and they were like, they were involved in some, you know, something where I don't know if it was for like research or whatever, but they were like, it's so fucking depressing 
when you actually hear like the real mobsters and what they do and what because in the movies it's so like they're like gangsters and it's very glamorous and yep. it's like this guy's got to get whacked and so much of it's like they're just barely subsisting off these like scraps of like they're upselling produce or something <laughs> like it's just yeah. it's some like really shitty scam where it's like we have a hundred calling cards we sell them for seven dollars more and then we get it cut off and the phone company doesn't get paid so then they don't it's like this sucks like yeah. not cool at all yeah yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, the coolers that, a couple like, episodes yeah the coolers yeah. i was gonna say yeah like earlier in the season they're like oh dude we're gonna get all these fucking coolers and we yeah Dude, we're gonna make at least a buck off of each of these. It's gonna be fucking beautiful. Yeah, and and that they're dumb too. Like it's like you think of them as a sophisticated organization. They're like, you just listen. It's like these guys are all so fucking stupid, and they're like scraping by with oh, yeah. these like oh, yeah. just off the legal like way of doing shit. And it's it's pretty uh, um, like disillusioned, right? Disheartening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was remember. I forget what season it's in, but there's a scene where. Like you come in on Polly Walnuts and he's clipping coupons out of the newspaper. <laughs> like this is your like glamorous mob life that 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 the viewers want. But uh, but yeah. Any other thoughts about the ep, <clears throat> the season? I mean, it's um. I mean, I know this is one of Spells' favorite episodes. This yeah, this, yeah, this is ha- this has to be up there for me. Uh, I mean, it's same. I mean, I mean, tr- and, sh- and Sean is right. Like the it really this whole season sets the rest of the series in motion. But this episode in particular is uh like really yeah it sort of feels like it's, it starts juice. to get darker right like after this yeah. season yeah. and and probably puss being killed off is was the catalyst for that yeah but uh one thing i i realized in rewatching that i just like i guess not forgotten but like you know it is sort of this first like big prestige television show like it is you know it was like the beginning of this new era of these kind of like more highbrow like tvs better than movies kind of shows but it is also corny in a way that i like didn't recall like all the fucking fart noises from the bathroom <laughs> and when he's got food but you're just like and they're like blowing seeds on like transitioning over like a loud <laughs> fart noise and just aj being like who's ripping big ones in there <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah and i was like oh god like i i mean and obviously i know it was it was a highbrow show about kind of like um lowbrow guys right. but i didn't recall quite how much they leaned into some of that stuff yes. and it was uh surprising yeah uh not so not surprising that aj was involved in that because oftentimes the corniest stuff like aj and his friends like oh yeah a- aj is often uh at the at the center of the corniest parts of the show this is true where has he been <laughs> <laughs> Rob, where's robert eiler you should get him yeah. to come up <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true He's the, he like every other cast member is like doing their own podcast now. Yeah, he yeah. and um, Jamie Lynn Siegler. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, they don't do it like us. Hey, you may have been <laughs> you may have been on the show, but <laughs> yeah, you're not three washed fucking <laughs> losers. So good luck, <laughs> good luck establishing your brand. <laughs> yeah, you fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. All right. What is it? Nobody's it's really called like you the... guys. We're on a hit show. Ever <laughs> <laughs> heard of fucking uh, the underdog? <laughs> uh, I think it's called like uh, pajama party or something like that. Yeah, it's got yeah. a weird name. Oh. Like 
Um, but yeah, go check out Pajama Party. <laughs> yeah, by all means, please enjoy. Enjoy. No, Rob, I, I actually have a Robert Eiler story that these guys have heard Ooh. before. But oh. uh, in college, I was on the Upper East Side, like in front of uh, the bar, The Big Easy, which was known for like being one of the scummier bars in New York. And we were out front and uh, he like showed up and like drank with us all night and seemed to to not be enjoying himself oh. uh, so much. Shocker. But uh, he was nice. Have you guys talked to New Haven actor Bruce Altman at all on here? <laughs> we that, haven't. That, oh, actually, that, we can reach out to Bruce Altman. Altman. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and later on, but he's but he's in there. and, and Yeah, Whitecaps. Uh, I didn't know he was yeah. uh he was a Connecticut boy. He he was like centered out of New Haven. Like I would see him, he came into the dry cleaner that I uh used to work at. Oh, wow. And um uh, I think he and his wife lived in New Haven like full time and then he would like go in for a lot of New York acting jobs and if he booked something in LA, but he was established enough I think that he could kinda send tapes or whatever. Probably did some stuff at Long Wharf Theater, I would imagine. Yeah, did Longworth Theater, I'm sure. And then his big story that I remember him telling when I wanted to talk to him about being an actor was I knew him mostly from Rookie of the Year. And he was very proud of the fact that he had pitched that his character was kind of this asshole stepdad. And he's like a big guy. He's like 6'3", 6'4", you know, 200-something pounds. He pitched that he should drive a Miata. So, like, every time you see him, and they would shoot him pulling up to the house to, like, come into the... And he would have to get out and he's just too big for the car to have to get out. It was obviously like the fanciest, like coolest car he could afford, <laughs> but it's so too small for it, but it looked sporty. And cool. and so he's just like in this Mazda Miata. And it was a great character detail, I think, that was actually pretty funny in the movie. And he was like, yeah, I told the director to do that. That's great. <laughs> get me a Miata. <laughs> <laughs> great. Folks, sports are coming back. And so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week. It kicked off this week, last week. It's already kicked off. <laughs> and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. On the entertainment side, Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team to bring you a brand new segment. The ice is right. Floyd talks about all of his jewelry and gives you the chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some great prizes. Oh, shit. (laughs) Joe is already betting on it as we speak. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, one word. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. That was really awesome. That was really good, man. Lovely, man. Oh, thanks. That was like the best one, I feel yeah, like, I've, like, you've ever the done. Adri- the ad read hasn't changed in a year, so. <laughs> you've got to memorize It's always the same thing. <laughs> always the same thing, only they added Floyd Money Mayweather. you got to bet on his. It Sean, sounds... would, you bet on, would you bet on Floyd, Floyd Money Mayweather's uh, bling? Would you bet on that? or Would I bet on his bling? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I understand the question, dude. <laughs> Would you bet guess, on it? Uh, be, be, yeah. Yo, would you bet on it? Yes or no? Would I bet on his bling? I, I would have to say because I don't feel that I have enough information to 
make a wise wager that I would not bet on his blink. Good choice. Well, it's 2020, so just, uh, you know, if you want me to cut that out, just let me know. <laughs> All right. Um, now for something obscene. Now for yeah. something, but the, 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 this is for the fans because the fans are craving this. As, the fans did ask for this again. You know, and they often do. They uh, This is when, when I do it, when someone's like, where's Johnny the Nut? Where's that segment? I'll right. be like, okay, I will, uh, or a I will piece. get Johnny to to break out the laptop and start writing, right? A erotic fan fiction. So, did he did he send it to you guys? Did you open it up? I have it open. Yeah, <clears throat> I have it open. Um, okay, let me get him. Hey, hey, don't, hey, don't. <laughs> All right. Oh, you're so yeah. good. Whoa, how do you get the Zoom link? <laughs> Oh, I fucking I hacked into the email. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm going to do a little wow. hacking. All right. Wow. So uh, this one is called Johnny the Nut. How about you fuck my big pussy by Johnny the Nut. Zach Pino. Dave, you play Skip. Paul. Cool. Yep. You play. <laughs> fuck, way to go. You play. You play Tony. Okay. And sh- and Sean, why don't you play pussy? Okay. You got I'm it. Old, yeah. Don't we worry. Are, we about all it. are. That's, yeah. None of us have seen how, this besides. Uh, that's how you do it. That's how Johnny does not like. All oh, right. And I will do what I do. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. Interior, the Bing day, light rain, Johnny the nut, pussy. One of life's great mysteries, but not to me. Johnny the Nut, specifically Big Pussy. Sometimes people are turned off by Big Pussy, but not me. I love Big Pussy. Anyway, let's do the scene. Big Pussy enters the Bing with Skip from the FBI. I shouldn't bring you here. What if Tony finds out? Fuck Tony. What'd he ever do for you? Come on. I need to sniff the stripper's locker room. (laughs) Locker room? (laughs) Yeah, locker room. Okay. I need to sniff the stripper's locker room. You know I have my perversion, my perversions. Yeah, it weirds me out. Puss, if you don't let me quench my irresistible desire for sniffing stripper's lock... Is it locker rooms or is it locker rooms? Lock, locker rooms. <laughs> if you don't let me quench my irresistible desire for sniffing stripper's locker rooms, I'll take you into custody right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Puss and Skip walk into the stripper's locker room at the Bing. Oh, Maron, smell that female sweat. Can I have these? Skip yeah. gestures to a pair of stripper boots. Yeah, sure. The fuck I care. Can I have these nipple tassels too? The fuck are you going to do with those? Oh, baby. All these stripper clothes. <laughs> All these stripper calls is turning me on. Puss, you ever have desires for another man? Get the fuck out of here. Of course. Come here and give me that big sausage and pepper man pussy that is your asshole. Yep, and puss, fuck. Johnny the Nut interrupts. Hey, it's 2020. Man gotta fuck other men too sometimes, all right? I quickly exit. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I'm doing this. I hope no one finds out. 
All of a sudden, Tony Soprano, the man himself, wakes up. The fuck are you two doing? Tony, what are you doing in the locker room? I fell asleep here after doing coke all night and fucking one of the strippers. Oh, yeah, right. You do that sometimes. Hey, Tone. Who are you? Uh, he's my lover, Tone. Yeah, that's me. Puss, you like men? Yeah. Hey, so do I. This I gotta tell the Bureau. <laughs> what Bureau? Uh, uh. The Federal <laughs> Bureau of Fucking... <laughs> They are all like, whatever, they fuck, they finish. And then they all slam a deli tray together. <laughs> hey, remember, wear a mask, not a condom. Johnny, out. Oh, I like the Ooh. message. Great message. It was, end. yeah. He tried. He tried uh, to have a message at the socially end. Socially conscious. Yeah. That, I liked that. I like, <laughs> I loved seeing that your writing style hasn't changed. <laughs> you know, we worked together for a long time. We were on sketch teams together at UCB. We did a little video series and, and I can always rely on your script to have some words that are not consistent from a sentence to the next, <laughs> some words with extra letters and, uh, and just a very laissez-faire style, right? Mm-hmm. Takes all the pressure off me, the reader to like really follow it. Oh yeah. Does it, see, does it seem like it was written like really fast and in front of the television? <laughs> I remember you getting a note once on the sketch team that when Joe Wanger just like, we read a script of yours, we stopped. We were about to go into notes and Wanger just went, Joe, go home and write this script like you're sober. <laughs> It's a good note. It's a I good mean, note. It's it's <laughs> as though you just started typing and never looked at a at the word that you put on the page. Yeah, I mean, you don't look hey, back. That's it's, it's great. Not. I enjoyed it thoroughly. That's how he operates. Was, I I would argue that was the best Johnny the Nut I've I've read on this podcast. Yeah, usually Johnny the Nut breaks the third wall and enters like at the end, but you have him leading up top here, man. You're yeah, he you just know, coming innovator. in. And, you yeah. know, he's 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 sort of like the narrator now. He's guiding yeah. you through this journey. No, I felt really comfortable. I had somebody sort of holding my hand and as an outside <laughs> scene, and I, I felt like I was, uh, you know, that I, that I had a, a knowing guide who was going to help me. Right. And then when he left, I really had my feet under me and I, and I could sort of like enjoy the sandbox that Johnny the Nut had created. Hey man, sure. that, it was a great performance, I gotta say. Yeah, so Sean, that, yeah. yeah that's Sean, exactly what you, I was going for. Sean, do you know anybody that might be interested in purchasing uh, this material or? And buying it? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, uh, oh, um. Adam Scott, you know, perhaps? You know a lot of showrunners. I mean, there's gotta be somebody that might be interested in art yeah you know what i'll put out some feelers i mean like it's a weird time just because productions are sort of shut down sure sure covid19 yeah otherwise you know for something like this i would recommend probably you film a sizzle and just (laughs) get it up on its feet so that people can picture because it's on the page i get it but it it might not translate Mm -hmm. as well as Mm -hmm. if you if you had something visual to show people but yeah, I, I mean, I can center it around. It's just, it's all timing because like <laughs> if it was animated, maybe they could start, they could start working on it. Oh, wow. I know a sure. lot of interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so animate it, animate it real quick. Well, if it's animated, then you know the the um the obviously the the butts and and dicks and and so forth could be as as big and crazy as you want. That's, you know, yeah, it's important. Very good note. To the vision. Excellent note. Excellent note. Oh, okay. That's the next realm, Johnny. The nut we'll get into. Yeah, maybe our listeners, maybe we can start like a Kickstarter or something. Get the get some funding for the sizzle. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, or animate it yourself if you want. <laughs> feel free and just like we'll put our names on it. Or perhaps Bet Online would like to fund it themselves. I mean, it's a perfect well, commercial for. So yeah. If it's animated, here's something you could do that you can't do in live action, which is like, when Pussy finally uh, busts, he could pull out and shoot all over the mirror, and it could spell out "I'm a rat." And oh, then Tony shit. could be like, "What does that say?" And he could have to like smear the mirror real fast. <laughs> um, maybe yeah. like you know, this writes uh, itself. Wipe out the That's word. True. So just like stuff like that, you can play with. Um, <laughs> It's a cool world. Okay, Joe, you're not writing this down. <laughs> oh, it's it's all it's up all here. Up I'm gonna relay it to Johnny the Nut, and he and he will he will translate it on his own. <laughs> all right, please do, please do. All right, all right. we want to move on to yeah, fucking we'll, internet. We'll only do a, do a couple of these uh, fucking internet questions. Of course, cool. this is the segment where we source questions, comments, observations from around the internet on what people are talking about. Uh, for this episode, Funhouse. Uh, this one, first one, off of Reddit from user Lugan. Did Big Pussy have a fighting chance? If he boards the boat strapped, does Puss have any chance of survival? Watching the scene when Tony and Sill are at the stern, and I'm wondering if Puss could have taken an armed Polly, who seemed like he was lost in the moment. With Polly down, Puss could have taken over, taken cover behind the bar and used his piece as well as Polly's to have a shootout with Tony and Syl. Just a thought. They Syl purposely watches him get dressed. Yeah. That would not have happened. And it, okay, if oh, that, saying, he didn't, okay, if he, he couldn't. He couldn't have gotten the the gun. He on couldn't board. have had a piece on him. Right. He's uh, saying if he did. If if he did. I, there's no way. <laughs> there's no. There's there's, there's no, no way he could have had a gun big enough to uh, to kill them point. fast enough. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, there wouldn't be a show, you know, if he did that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But this show like is really Tony's like one of the main guys. <laughs> that I imagine right, that right. was like the yeah, secret what series if? finale. Um, not not happening. He wouldn't have done it. Like they would have killed the like uh, you know he, he Paulie would have shot him. Also, all this gunfire yeah. like below deck on a boat doesn't seem smart when you think about it. I was worried about that even with them doing. I was like, why are you gonna put a hole in the boat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, easily could happen. Also, we, we've we've also seen like uh, how pussy uh, functions when he's trying to be like undercover. And he like fucking hits somebody with his car. So I, I don't think he's smooth enough to pull off shooting them. Right. No. Yeah. He's he's not murdering all three of them and then taking the boat back to safety and living his life. No. Uh, no. But None anyway. of them are particularly smooth with like, you know, killing people. They just like will waste bullets on someone who's already dead. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, what, they, that's what they like to do. Yeah. Um, this one from user DJ Vic Brown. Uh, they visit Pussy at home, take him to the boat, then kill him. Does that mean Angie knows Pussy has been killed by the family? And we we sort of touched on it, but like, 
really could it be more like the last time she sees him she's leaving with tony and silvio to go check out a boat like does she really is there any question in her mind but then we see her at the at the graduation ceremony and she's like she's complaining about he's not there she figures it out later yeah Yeah. i mean i guess you know and and can't really do anything you know she's i guess she's she's hopeless puss uh has disappeared suddenly before and come back so yeah also like i think like uh there's some semblance of relief uh because like he's a dark cloud over her not that her life gets so much better like once he's gone but like he like they are in a joyless marriage he like sleeps downstairs most of the time right that i mean yeah yeah i think they they set up earlier in the season it's sort of like uh she had that sinking feeling in her stomach when he did come home so it must be some sort of relief that he's not around in some respect uh this one was directed on twitter to steve van zant he didn't field this one so why don't we take it from at the sprocket man i'm watching sopranos for like the 20th time and i've just finished funhouse can you shed any light on the moment silvio leaves the cabin and tony follows him and shouts at him always found it a little bizarre what do you guys think um (laughs) i i mean what i guess i don't know what's bizarre like it feels like he's well so it overwhelmed and stressed out by the situation uh like you're seeing uh, it's sort of a window in like seeing another one of these mobsters who are sometimes a little bit two-dimensional compared to tony Mm -hmm. um have the like real like human feelings and emotions like they're all kind of like this guy was a brother to them and right. they're gonna have to kill him and he's like i'm seasick <laughs> and, which I, I don't doubt he felt nauseous but then tony's like i'm so fucking sick <laughs> yeah, right. like it just like is a bummer like if you're like if you're like really hurt and then somebody's like yeah actually my leg's been bothering me too and you're like my leg's broken like it's like sort of that thing um yeah, which I right. I did think was cool. I I have an, another little thought about that with with them killing him is like just a, another tidbit from Difficult Men is that they had a real battle over that college episode, and that it was the only time that HBO like really swung in and was like, we cannot do this. We cannot have the hero of our show kill a person and still like have, be like rooting for them. And they right. and it was it was this big fight and um. I think you said like it, the show kind of gets darker after this episode and it feels like obviously they did it. Right. It was insanely like critically acclaimed, like David Chase just put his fucking foot down and people were like, no, we like this anti-hero. Right. But they were going, no one had ever done that before on television. Like the fucking lead had never actually been a bad guy who like killed someone who you hadn't seen do anything wrong. Right. Right. And then you just keep going with them. And, uh, and then here they are killing this guy who like you actually like through, right. you know from uh, through the show and then from that point on it's just like it gets really i think they had you know carte blanche to just go like as fucked up as they wanted with these guys oh yeah for sure yeah that's yeah. a good thought um this one from twitter ashley bastock 42 um she originally tweeted what's the most stressful episode of television uh you've ever sat through uh, she said, I tweeted this as I was watching The Sopranos Blue Comet. It's a close call between like three other episodes in that series for the most stressful ep. 
Funhouse, long-term parking, made in America. But upon countless rewatches, I maintain this uh, fun or Blue Comet is the most stressful. What do you guys? You guys have a stressful episode of Sopranos or just TV in general that comes to mind? The first thing that came to mind is for me is that episode of um, uh, Breaking Bad. What was it called? Was it called Ozymandias? Ozymandias, yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. one yes. of the greatest episodes of television, I think. You'd have to. It'd have to be an episode that you like. Well, it doesn't have to be, but it makes it better if it's something that you watch live. I guess, like break, like Breaking Bad. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that would be that was my first uh, thought go to. Yeah. yeah. Every episode of 24. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking clock oh. is ticking down, man. Oh shit, yeah. We've been rewatching it and I like uh just and my wife was just like every episode of this show would be the most exciting episode of any other show you ever seen. <laughs> like, he's, he's like breaking someone out of prison like while his daughter is being kidnapped and then like killing his partner <laughs> like like every fucking episode. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Kiefer. But Pretty because intense. of that, I think the single episodes don't have the impact that they do on something like this, where it's like you're so invested. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's there's also um, I, I'm obsessed with Homicide: Life on the Street, and there's mm. an episode uh, in the later seasons with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, and his character has been pushed like onto the subway tracks, and he's caught in like between the track or uh, between like the um whatchamacallit like where people are standing the like subway platform and the Mm -hmm. train and as soon as the train moves he's dead so like he's in all essence he's dead it's basically like mostly just an episode between vincent d'onofrio and andre brower and andre brower is like just talking him through it uh that's probably up there yeah sounds pretty intense um what about you paul I, i mean i'm obviously like I think long-term parking was like, Oh yeah. Just the, the whole, like I remember watching that live and just the, the scene where uh, Adriana finally comes clean to Christopher and first he starts beating her and then they just sort of like cry together. Like, fuck man. Like I was, that was, that ruined me for a bit, but uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's probably my answer. Um, yep. Good Don't answer. Ozark, Thanks. if you like stressful television. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Wait, sure. what show? Good call. Ozark. Ozark. Oh, it's, yes. I've seen the first season. It, it, it's inescapable. Like, every time a problem is even, like, slightly, like, halfway solved, another bigger problem yep. shows them in a way where I was just like, they, is, are we going to take a little break ever? Like, <laughs> right. there's no filler episode. That's uh, yeah, because I heard season two was, was was okay, and then I heard the third season was great. So, season yeah. three was I'm on season two now, but I've been told season three is like a perfect season of television, yeah. so a little yeah, bit I'm very like, good, yeah, it's pushed very good. through. It's not bad, but it's like you know, yeah. It feels a little samey, like I said, like it's just like, oh, now this is a bad guy. And it, like, right, right, right. Sure. Um, but I hear season three is amazing, and, and I like, I like it generally anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. Um, and then just uh, fi- end it with a thought from at Dave Cuddle on on Twitter: The Sopranos Funhouse is probably the only episode of any drama where the lead character won an Emmy and also spent a lot of the episode soundtracked with comedy fart noises. So. <laughs> We were right to comment on that. Sure. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, we, we already talked about that. 
Yeah, already covered it. Dave, Dave, Davey Dave Cuddle. Cuddle. Uh, uh, Sean, thank you for coming on. Uh, Thanks. Do you have anything you want us to uh, push for you or, or something you'd like to plug? The oh, grind, I, the grinder. Should people watch the grinder yeah, again? <laughs> grinder on on Netflix. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you could listen to my uh, one of my many stupid podcasts. I've got Hollywood Handbook. That one's free. If you want to go to the Patreon for the flagrant ones, um, where we do a basketball podcast, you could check that out. Uh, but otherwise, just stay safe out there. So true. You know what? All of our other guests are fucking egomaniacs and they just always want to talk about themselves. But you're the first one to really have like a, a powerful message. So we appreciate that. Uh, so thank you. Uh, and thanks for coming on. And thank you, listeners, for listening. <laughs> you can always hit us up at osopranospod at gmail.com and look for us on social media at osopranospod at Twitter. And uh, Instagram. So well. I mean, <laughs> uh, until next time. Oh. 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 <laughs> hey there, I'm Brandon Gelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, visit WeFunder.com slash BlueWire.